Broadcasting from Charlotte, North Carolina on Sports Byline USA. Uniting sports fans everywhere, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. I'm not sure that God really cares about my comfort or my happiness so much as he does my holiness and my surrender to him. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I've always asked God to use me as an instrument in any way possible if I can help improve the lives of other people. Bringing you high energy and thought-provoking sports talk with a purpose. When you're around somebody that has that joy and you can feel it and it's contagious. Now, from his mic to your ears, this is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to Unpacking It, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing great today. We've got an excellent show in store for you as we will be joined by two different guests, former NFL player Damian Lewis. He's now a coach at Florida International University and has some awesome things to share with us today. He spent 10 years in the NFL and was drafted in the first round, and so we'll get his thoughts on his experience being drafted and and his thoughts on the NFL draft. And then also, we're going to be joined by Tim Hiller. He was a great college football player, won the Danny Werfel Trophy back in 2009. He spent some time in the NFL, but he's got a great story where he's gotten to this point of understanding the difference between the purpose-driven athlete and the athlete that is is all about performance and caught up in that. And, and so he did a, a TEDx talk on this topic and, and has also uh, written a book and, and has some other great thoughts to share with us today as well. Be sure to check out our website, unpackingit.com. You can find out all about Unpacking It Ministries. While you're there, you can sign up for our devotional that goes out through email, and then you can also subscribe to our podcast and make sure that you never miss a show. At the end of today's show, we will do a segment called Unpack This, and today's topic is about baseball and the pursuit of pleasure and the avoidance of pain. It's all coming up. We're just getting started on Unpacking It, Sports Byline USA, and Sirius XM Channel 211. Inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews. More Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson after this. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Welcome back to Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. It's Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. Check out our website, unpackingit.com. And joining us now is former quarterback Tim Hiller. He played his college football at Western Michigan and in the NFL with the Indianapolis Colts. He also spent time with the Bears, Chiefs, and Patriots. He won the 2009 Werfel Trophy. He is a TEDx speaker with the topic, The Purpose Driven Athlete. He's also the author of the book, Strive, and the co-founder of Next Level Performance. I'm excited to welcome Tim Hiller to Unpacking It. Tim, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? My pleasure. I'm doing great. Hey, thanks for having me on. 
Man, well, we're looking forward to it, and, and we want to hear all about everything you're up to now and, and just a lot of your, your passions with, with what you speak about and, and write about. But let's get uh, a little bit of the, the background of, of your story and, and knowing that, that football is a, a big part of your story. And so l- let's kind of go through each level that, that you played because I, I know that a big part of your story were injuries and, and just kind of how, how high school led to college and then, of course, to, to the NFL. So what was the theme and the takeaway from your story during high school, playing quarterback in high school? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, growing up in a small town in northeast Ohio, um, it was a sports-crazed town. So my, my hometown is a, the hometown of Bobby Knight. And so he's uh, nice. obviously an uh, incredible figure in, in the college basketball world. And so sports were king. And so it was every boy's dream to you know, grow up and be an athlete in our community and had the, the honor and privilege of doing that. And, you know, in many ways, had a really easy life. I had a great home. I had two parents that, you know, pushed us and, and, and challenged us to be our best, both, you know, on and off the field. But, but we didn't want for much. You know, we were really um, well taken care of. And so some of those challenges, I think, for me, came in the adversity, as you mentioned, of injuries. Later on in my high school career, we, we were making a, a good playoff run my senior year and had that injury that really changed the entire landscape of my recruitment and ultimately put me in a position at the end uh, of that period towards signing day where I didn't know where I was going to go to school. I only had some walk-on opportunities, and WMU uh, in Kalamazoo, Michigan, ended up being the only Division One offer that I ended up receiving. And it was really uh, a neat lesson at that young age of just God's providence and, and him really having the best plan uh, laid out despite me not being able to see it in the difficult circumstances of injuries. Yeah, so, okay, so you end up at Western Michigan – why was it so so great and the right fit for you? Well, first of all, I met my wife there, so that that's that good. everything. Yeah. That's right, absolutely. <laughs> but but you know, for me, it, it presented the opportunity to play early and to make mistakes and to be around great players. Mm. And so uh, playing for a guy like Bill Cubitt, I, I came in right away. Uh, we had a senior that was injured, and I played as a true freshman alongside a couple guys named Greg Jennings and Tony Schessler. Uh, oh, played yeah. at the next level and, and played in the NFL, and that was really an incredible experience for me to you know get broken in and, and see the success that we could have as a program. Um, but then I sustained another pretty significant injury, um, tearing three ligaments in my right knee at the end of that first year, my freshman year. So I registered in my second year um, for a medical hardship, and then I played the following three years. And so it was you know another time of adversity, of growing character, but it was also great in terms of my physical development of, of gaining weight in the weight room, of just growing me you know, as a leader. We're talking with Tim Hiller right now on Unpacking It, former quarterback who, who played in college at, at Western Michigan, and, and then you end up getting an opportunity to play in the NFL. And so at what point did you, did you realize that, that you'd have a shot, and, and, and based on you know, some of the, the struggles and the injuries and, and all that at Western Michigan, what kind of led to that and what was your mindset throughout that, that entire process? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, coming out of the 2008 season, we were 9-3. and three, We went to a bowl game. Um, but I tore my ACL in a win over Illinois that year, and a lot of people didn't know that. I played three or four games with the torn ACL and had surgery oh. after the season. I had already graduated. I really took away any chance of potentially leaving early um, at a point when, you know, hypothetically, your draft stock would be highest. So I came back my fifth year. Uh, we had a bit of a down year that year. We were pretty young, um, which had challenges, and uh, I still was able to get an NFL combine invitation, but um, definitely probably wasn't in the same position I was in 2008 in terms of, of the draft. But um, went through the combine, had a good workout, 
ended up signing as an undrafted free agent um, with Indianapolis, and, and we chose going to Indy because it really was the best opportunity. You know, Peyton Manning was in the last couple of years of his, his career there in Indy, and just to, to learn from him to compete to be the, the two or the three uh, and to have a spent there was, was an incredible opportunity that, that I'll always be grateful for. Yeah, well, let's pause there for a second because I'd love to hear more about just your interaction with him and, and what was that, that experience really like? You know, it, it was incredible. I mean, Peyton was very good to me, and there was kind of a, a small world connection there. I was a finalist for the Campbell Trophy, uh, which is the National Scholar Athlete of the Year. Uh, my senior year, Tim Tebow won that award, but Peyton had won that award, and his dad, Archie, was uh, the chair of the board of the National Football Foundation. And so, um, you know, as I've tried to make a practice over the years, you know, wrote handwritten notes to some people that I met just sharing gratitude and, and wrote with Archie, got his address, wrote him a note, um, gave him my phone number, and just said, hey, thank you for everything. And, and when I got signed by Indy, he texted me and said, hey, I'll, I'll have Peyton look out for you. you know, good luck with everything. So there was kind of this, this behind-the-scenes connection that, you know, publicly – you know, you wouldn't know that, you know, Peyton was helping me, but, but privately he would pull me aside. He would assist with certain things. You know, he would help me get ready when I had reps in the preseason. And so it was uh, a great experience learning from him and, and our position coach, who was Frank Reich, now the head coach oh, yeah. uh, for the Colts. So it was an incredible time to be there under Jim Caldwell's leadership um, and an incredible way to learn from a lot of veteran players like Peyton, you know, Dallas Clark, Jeff Saturday, and many others that were kind of in the fourth quarter of their career at that point. But but those are the, the glory years of, of Indy for sure. Now they're bouncing back, of course, with Frank Reich taking over. So so even at at that point where you saw Frank Reich as a as a quarterback's coach, did you see kind of that potential for him being a head coach? Absolutely. You yeah. know, and, and coupled with Clyde Christensen, who oh, yeah. you know, was a longtime offensive coordinator, you know, those two guys were first of all men of men of faith and character, but second of all, um, just really good at shaping young players. You know, Frank had a humility about him that, that he would coach Peyton, but he was also willing to learn from Peyton and get feedback. And it, it really created a neat dynamic in the quarterback room. Um, and Frank was really there to serve the players, and that was very evident even in my short stint. That's really cool. No, I'm, I'm pulling for them uh, for sure. Tim Hiller is our guest right now on Unpacking It. Uh, former quarterback, played at Western Michigan, played with the Colts, and, and spent time with the, the Bears, the Chiefs, and the Patriots. And so as you look back at your NFL experience, maybe not the, the career that you had anticipated, but, but what, what do you take away from it, and, and how do you view it at, at this point in your life as you look back? Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that I'm grateful for, and I think at the time, you know, there's certainly no of disappointment because as a competitor, you come in and there's no plan B. You know, you're going to do this for three to five years, and certainly it didn't last that long, and, and God had other plans. But, you know, what I take away from it today is, is that at the end of the day, it's really all about separating your, and, and I talked a little, even referenced, you know, the TEDx talk. I really tried to convey that message that you have to be able to separate your performance from who you are as a person. If your mm-hmm. identity is totally and completely wrapped up in football or your profession or your family or whatever it is, if your identity is, you know, linked to something other than, than Christ, you're, you, you run the risk of really damaging yourself because if, if you fail, if you don't perform at your best, if you uh, let someone down, which we all do every day at some point, you can be crushed by that. And so it, it really challenged me from a faith perspective. And something I take away now is, is to, to do your best, lay it all on the line, and trust by faith that, that the right plan is unfolding. Yeah, because as you look back at your career, and to take that a little bit further as far as how did your faith grow during your your playing career and and really you know make you into the the man you are today 
and that you can look at, yeah, football ended up being a, a catalyst to your, your growth and, and maturity. Absolutely. I mean, I, there, there's no better leadership training, in my opinion, than, than football or athletics. I mean, football is the ultimate team game. If 10 guys are doing it right and one isn't, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't go. And so I, I feel like I really learned the value um, of preparation, specifically uh, through the game of football. It's something I really gravitated to and loved as a quarterback was the intellectual side of film and preparation. And, you know, today in, in my life and my career, I mean, whether it's preparing for a big meeting or uh, an opportunity to speak to a group. Um, all those type of things require an immense amount of preparation to be at your best when you're in front of the group, in front of the meeting, whatever it is. And those are lessons that I learned in the football field, you know, how to prepare and get ready for a game on Saturday or Sunday. Saturday or Sunday games are one Monday through Friday. Absolutely. Well, Tim, we're going to take a quick break, but we're going to continue this conversation. He's Tim Hiller. He's a former NFL quarterback. He played his college football at Western Michigan. He's the TEDx talk speaker on the topic, the purpose-driven athlete. More with him right here on Unpacking It. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Thanks so much for joining us on Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. Check out our website, unpackingit.com. We're coming to you on Sports Byline USA and Sirius XM Channel 211. And we're in the middle of a conversation with Tim Hiller, former NFL quarterback, and and now he's a a speaker and a a writer. And he did a a TEDx talk uh, with with the topic, The Purpose-Driven Athlete. And and so you've alluded to it a, a little bit. But but what is the the passion behind that, and and how did you kind of develop the, the, this concept and and really recognize the difference between the purpose driven athlete versus getting caught up in performance and allowing your identity to be based on the the scoreboard? Yeah, certainly. I, honestly, through failure, through mistakes. I mean, there there are countless times throughout, you know, high school, collegiate, and even professional sports. I mean, I remember the last time uh, I got cut, which was by the Chiefs, as you alluded to earlier. I, I remember coming home and just, just grieving that loss. I mean, just, you know, crying at times and trying to come to grips with, you know, the fact that this, this probably is over. And then what what do I do next? How do I use my gifts and talents? And, and, and some of that had, was because I had fallen into a bit of that identity trap, right? identity crisis, especially as men. I think we associate a lot of our value with our vocation or with the work we do. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that, but it's dangerous if it gets all consuming. And so, you know, my goal really in today's day and age, if you look at youth sports, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 35 to 36 million children or students will participate in athletics, do clubs, travel, hopefully for their school as well. And, you know, we see this, this kind of pushing towards specialization and the pushing towards, you know, earning a college scholarship. And the reality is, is that, and I try to convey this in the talk, it's not the end all be all. It's a very short window of your life. And you're going to spend a lot more time doing and being other things. Mm-hmm. And sports can be the platform to prepare you for success in those other things. You know, if we look at, you know, C-suite executive leadership in the United States, the vast majority of CEOs of companies, especially female CEOs of companies, were once competitive athletes at a high level. And so huh. it's clear that this is a great proving ground and phase of preparation for preparing today's youth for tomorrow's success. But we need to keep sports in the right perspective, that it's not the end-all be-all. If they play Division three sports and aren't on a full athletic scholarship, that's fantastic. 
Mm. They're still getting these lessons, and we just need to have a healthy set of expectations. So we're not pushing kids too hard, but we're helping them harness those lessons that sports can really teach to build their character. Man, I love that perspective. It, it's so important, and and we do we we get short sighted or or just focused on on the wrong things when when it comes to young kids or just even how we we view athletes or or even just how we view our own careers so uh it's a great great thing to uh to really contemplate and and consider today uh we're talking with tim hiller the uh the purpose driven athlete is is the talk that he gave uh for tedx and so you can you can find that on youtube uh just search tim hiller the the purpose driven athlete and and so one of the aspects that you discuss uh, on that video is the the three ways to build the purpose driven athlete and, and something that we can even you know incorporate into our own interactions with with our kids or, or, or athletes that we know can, can you share a little bit of that with with our audience today yeah certainly so the kind of three s's uh, stories strengths and service stories strengths and service and when you talk about stories it's really just sharing your own personal stories or experiences of sports and uh, I shared a story in the tongue it comes back into the Warfel Trophy. Um, Danny Warfel was a good friend of mine, the 96 Heisman Trophy winner at the University of Florida. I, I was, I hate to age Danny here, but I was probably about nine or 10 years old when he won that award. <laughs> and I remember my dad, uh, you know, circling that article in the paper. And, and the article was really about the community service that Danny did in the Gainesville area. And I, I remember my looking back on that, and my dad was really showing me a picture, telling me a story of who I could be. Uh, beyond football, the example Danny was setting for me beyond football. And so I think it's important as parents, coaches, that we share stories about how athletics is their character. Um, the second one is strength. And so one of the things that we use at, at our organization called Next Level Performance is, is we do use a character strength assessment. It's totally custom to the person, but you answer some questions and it helps you understand some of your natural God-given talents and abilities, kind of the way you think, the way you um, execute your work, the way that you relate to other people. And it just helps you better understand, gives you a language to understand who you are. And so when we talk about strengths, we can help student-athletes understand their gifts and talents, both on and off the field. It puts them in a better position to make good decisions about that college major or that future career or the things that they'll be passionate about once sports are over, uh, which will happen someday. And then the final one is service. Uh, and really it's about getting athletes to understand that they have a platform. You know, our society is fascinated with athletes. And uh, we, we listen to what they say. We watch what they do intently. And that's true even at the younger levels. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if you can use that platform to give back, to serve others in need, that's really beneficial. So it's kind of those three things that I wanted to talk about. But. It's excellent. The Purpose Driven Athlete. We're talking with Tim Hiller right now on Unpacking It. And and so w- what exactly are you, you trying to do with next level performance and, and what are kind of some of the, the, the next steps for you, even, even as you take it to the next level uh, with your organization? Yeah, no, it's, it's great. It's an exciting time. So um, next level performance uh, is a, in a partnership or a part of a, an organization called the Dome Sports Center, which is located uh, here in Southwest Michigan where we live. And uh, we have kind of a 12 acre campus. We've got indoor and outdoor facility space. And next level is really the programming arm of that entity or that business. And next level is focused on, um, you know, delivering best in class, training and development for strength, speed, injury prevention, as well as specific skills, but with an emphasis on leadership and character. And so we have a, a comprehensive kind of 10-segment or 10-part leadership curriculum that is a part of every training session, every camp, every program that we run. Uh, students are, are being fed on the field, but they're also devoting time to think about their leadership and their character and their values. That's really the, the crux of, of Next Level. If we look out over the next few years, we're going to grow and expand that campus. 
you know, some of the land we have and the opportunity to, to really develop it further. The other thing we're excited about, um, if, if anyone listening is familiar with the Miracle League or the Miracle Field, the Miracle League uh, is, is a national league of chapters around the country that is focused on giving young boys and girls with special needs or disabilities the opportunity to play baseball and softball. Cool. So we're currently in a fundraising state. Um, if you imagine that like a rubberized track type of baseball or softball field uh, with some apparatuses that can assist anyone in any spectrum of, of disability to be able to swing a bat or run the bases with assistance, um, we're raising funds currently to, to build a miracle field so that we can um, serve those individuals here in West Michigan and give those kids a chance to play. So those are a couple of things as we look out to the future and our vision of how we're trying to, you know, make athletes and make a difference and further this, this purpose-driven athletics uh, mission that we have. Yeah, that's awesome. People can check out timhiller.com, timhiller.com. And, and Tim, uh, man, love talking with you today and, and kind of want to wrap things up with, with talking about your book, uh, which is called Strive, Life is Short, pursue what matters and and so yeah take us into the the heartbeat and and passion behind this book and and really what is the the message that that you learned yourself that you ultimately wanted to share with others based on this concept of striving yeah you know i think every, every single day we're we're all pushing towards something um you know tim keller is one of my my all-time favorite pastors that I, I read and follow and have learned a lot from afar. Oh, yeah. Uh, from him, he's a pastor in New York City. And, and, you know, Dr. Keller would say that we're all worshiping something, mm. whether it's, you know, God or whether it's our career, or whether it's money or whether it's fame. We're all, we're all pursuing something. We're all striving for something. And so kind of out of that message, the, the idea is really, it's just a weekly devotional, but the idea is to just help us think more deeply about what we're doing, why we're doing it, and help us make sure that we're spending our days the best we can and that we're striving for the right thing. You know, just ultimately, I believe, to serve God and serve others. And uh, we can do that through a variety of ways. Um, and so hopefully if it can challenge people to think about that and, you know, take some steps each week as they work through the book, hopefully they'll be in a better place, both both spiritually, but, but in their lives, in the world, and those that they interact with. Yeah, well, so, so what was the turning point for you where you started to really recognize in your own life that life is short and that you wanted to pursue what matters? Well, that's a great question. You know, I think it really comes back to some of the things we covered uh, earlier in the interview when I was at Western Michigan. You know, my first year, um, here I am, you know, 18, just about to turn 19 years old, true freshman, um, thrown in the fire, going through, you know, experiencing playing divisional athletics for the first time when I just moved on to campus, and then suffering that pretty significant injury at the end of the year. It was, you know, a 12 to 14 year process to get back on the field, to be cleared again, and ended up sitting out, and, and football was purposefully, you know, by God's plan, was taken away mm. for that period of time. And the one, you know, something that you're so engrossed in that you love so much, and then it's pulled back, taken away, and as you're rehabbing, you know, it isn't certain if you'll, you'll be back 100% again. Uh, it really causes you to reflect deeply, and you can search for answers a lot of different places. You know, but thankfully through the mentorship of our team chaplain and other good friends on the team that were believers and the fellowship of Christian athletes, which, which has played a big role in my faith walk over the course of my life, especially in those younger years, that injury, that dark time really propelled me to step back. And, and I think from that point on, football meant less to me. It, it didn't mean that I didn't put as many hours in. It didn't mean I didn't work hard anymore, but my perspective changed because I had lost it for a period of time and understood, you know, truly what mattered most. My wife and I both have had several injuries. She was a Division One athlete as well, and it's put us in positions where we've been able to mentor and minister to injured athletes over the years because we've been through those experiences. 
it's really cool. And and the two kind of sayings that that you represent in, in your mantras as far as pursue what matters and the purpose driven athlete, both great to uh, to take away for all of us today to incorporate into to our own lives and whether we're an athlete or not. Uh, being able to to really pursue what matters, uh, man, what what a great focus to have each day. So, Tim, really appreciate you being a part of unpacking it today. Love what you're doing, and encourage people to check out timhiller.com. He's a former quarterback, and you can also check out his TEDx talk uh, on the topic of the purpose driven athlete as well. Uh, you can Google that and and check that out. So, Tim, appreciate it, and hopefully we'll catch up again. My pleasure. It was an honor to be here, and thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. He's Tim Hiller. TimHiller.com for more. Up next, we'll be joined by Damian Lewis, former NFL lineman, right here on Unpacking It. Going beyond the field, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA. Hey, hey, it's Bryce Johnson, and really appreciate you listening to the Unpacking It radio show each week. But I want to invite you to check out our website, unpackingit.com, so that you can sign up to receive Unpacking It each day in your email. That's right. We send out an encouraging, challenging, inspiring word uh, through email. It's, it's in written form. It's a, a devotional that takes a current sports story, relates it to the Bible. We call it Unpack This, and you can subscribe for free by going to unpackingit.com. It's designed to help you grow in your faith and, and help you understand the Bible better, all with a little sports and some of the cool stories going on in the world of sports. And so we encourage you to check it out. It's for you, and it's about two minutes each weekday in your inbox. Check it out, unpackingit.com, and subscribe to Unpack This. And while you're at it, be sure to subscribe to our podcast as well. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Welcome back to Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. We're unpacking sports, faith, and life right here on Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. So glad to be with you today. Hope you enjoyed our conversation with Tim Hiller. If you missed any part of it, uh, go to unpackingit.com. You can subscribe to our podcast, and you can check out all of our previous guest interviews as well. That's unpackingit.com, and our podcast is available everywhere podcasts are found. And joining us now is former NFL player Damian Lewis. He was drafted by the St. Louis Rams in the first round of the 2001 NFL Draft, and throughout his 10-year career, he also spent time with the Panthers, Patriots, and Texans. The defensive lineman played his college football at the University of Miami. He is now retired and is the assistant AD of football and player development at Florida International University. I'm pleased to welcome Damian back on Unpacking It to talk faith, football, and family. Damian, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? I'm doing great, man. How you guys doing? 
We're, we're doing well, and, and we're excited about the, the NFL draft coming up in, in just a few weeks, and so, so we'll ask you about that in just a little bit. But I want to hear about your new role of, of assistant AD of football player development at FIU. What, what does the new job entail? Well, it entails me I uh, help work with the D-line, uh, doing stuff in meetings and, you know, kind of helping uh, get, you know, get stuff lined up for, you know, plays and all that kind of stuff. And then I also help and get the guys involved out in the community and, uh, you know, get them with their uh, community service and uh, get them linked up with different organizations here in South Florida so they can have an opportunity to go out and serve their community. Uh, and with that as well, I also sit down and help with recruiting and, uh, you know, go through Texas. That's my area. I kind of run through Texas and look at all the D-linemen, linebackers and safeties and DBs and uh, try to help find some players as we're sitting there trying to rebuild this program here at Florida International. Man, well, what a cool job. And it, it sounds like you get to do, you know, multiple efforts and and so that's pretty sweet so so how did you end up pursuing this job and and at what point did you realize that you wanted to get involved with college football well uh i started coaching high school football you know doodling around with it when i was uh when i retired so i never fully left the game and uh, you know i went out and had a couple of business ventures and things like that but it seemed like every time i would get still it would always go back to me reverting to football so you know Sometimes you got to say the Lord is trying to tell you something, right? So, right. uh Butch Davis became the head coach here at FIU. I had actually spoken with Mark Rick down at Miami, and uh, I went and done a couple of NFL uh, internships. So I went and done one in Seattle in uh, 2017, and I went last year to Buffalo and did one with uh, Sean and those guys out there. You know, all those guys that came over from Carolina when uh, he got the job there. So, uh, you know, that – really lit a fire under me and the coaching and, and, you know, helped me realize, like, I really, really, really want to do this. Oh, what a great story. Damian Lewis, our guest right now on Unpacking It. He uh, recently became the, the assistant AD of football and player development at Florida International University, spent 10 years in the NFL. How important is it, is it to, to really instill in these guys on the college level to have this mentality of of serving and and being a part of you know the community that that they're playing football in and and leave a lasting impact. It's important because everywhere you go, you have an opportunity to make an impact. It's just not necessarily always in your neighborhood. You know, if you're here and you're from Texas or you're from North Carolina or you're from anywhere else in the country, you are in this community now. You have an opportunity to make an impact in this community because for the next four years of your life, this is your community. It's your college community. So it is imperative that you get out and get involved and create relationships and network with all these different people that are your age and that are your peers and are people who are influencers in this area because you don't know what life is going to bring for you, you know, 10, 15 years down the road. And you don't know who you will be able to reach back and help or may be able to reach back and help you. So, it's always great to go out and network and put your best foot forward, go out and meet people, especially being in the neighborhood like here in South Florida. You know, mm. it's just so transient here. But it's the same in any neighborhood or any area of the country. Mm. Those are all great skills for, for all of us. So so for you then, when did you get to that point and, and when did you learn those skills? Because you kind of mentioned maybe you didn't necessarily learn all that growing up. So So what was that process like for you personally? I think a lot of the stuff I started to learn when I got here, when I got to Miami, you know, we always had older guys come back, you know, they'd stick their head in and, you know, share a couple of things with us. We'd go out to dinner with them and, you know, they'd share a couple of situations, a couple of things that may have happened, how they handled certain things. 
and you know, I always was a question asker as well. So I'd always ask guys, how do they handle this? How do, how do they handle that? You know, and uh, just kind of help myself learn as much as I could. I come from a small town in Texas. My own town's like 14,000 people. Wow. So it ain't a whole lot going on there. You know, everything in that town is done to this day, still done on handshake, you know, and your last name goes a long way. And people know your you know, generational last names, you know, who your grandfather was who your dad is, who your uncles, your cousins, you know, so that carries a lot of weight. That's just one of those things just for me coming from a small town into a big city and just kind of learning those different things there, you know, keeping my nose clean, staying out of trouble and, you know, being able to uh, make a positive impact on the Miami community when I was here. Damian Lewis, our guest right now on Unpacking It. He spent 10 years in the NFL, uh, played with the Rams, the Panthers, and and now he's a coach and an assistant AD of football player development at Florida International University. We got the NFL draft coming up in a couple of weeks, and, and I love hearing stories from guys who have already been through the the process. So you were drafted 12th overall by the St. Louis Rams back in 2001. So so what were your your memories of that day and and the weeks leading up to it? I remember um weeks leading up to it I actually got a call from the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Marty was not the GM at the time. I cannot remember the guy's name that was the GM, but I got a call from them uh this probably about 3 weeks before the draft and then uh I was in constant contact or my agent was in constant contact with St. Louis. By then, you know, I'd worked out for the Rams privately and uh, went on a visit out to Cleveland and I went on another visit to Baltimore. So I had a little activity coming up before the draft. But on draft day, my cousin, McClinton Neal, came by the house and picked me up. And I'm saying his name because he ran in uh, Barcelona. He ran the 400 hurdles, um, you know, in the the Olympics in Barcelona. He comes by the house from Dallas. And uh, he has his fishing poles in the back of the truck. So we go out, you know, it's like 7.30 in the morning, six or 7 in the morning. We go out and we go fishing. And we absolutely <laughs> destroyed him that morning. You know, we're in Texas. You know, the weather is nice. We went out, cast a couple, you know, had a really good time sitting there talking and hanging out with my older cousin. And my brother was with me. And, uh, you know, we're just chilling, man, just like, you know, old times. And, uh, you know, just kind of catching up with each other on life and plans and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I rolled in the house and probably about three or four picks in when I got there. Um, went in, took a shower, came out, sit down for about 45 minutes to an hour, and then the phone rang, and it was over. There it, is. Man. it was that simple. You know, back in the day, a lot of guys didn't really go out, you know, to the uh, actual event and stuff like that. I think, you know, the whole deal with uh, with SAP and then with, uh, with Randy Moss kind of scared a lot of guys off from doing that because that was fresh on everybody's mind. Last thing you want to do is be sitting in the green room and you start falling, you know. <laughs> that's like that feeling like nobody wants to have that. So, uh, you know, I think Michael Vick and um, a few other guys went, but it wasn't that many that went out to the draft in that 2001 class, you know. So uh, everybody that I knew that, uh, you know, going through that process, guys that I met, everybody were back home with their family just hanging out and chilling, kind of doing the same thing I was. That, no, that's fun, and that's a, that's a great experience yeah. as well. Damian Lewis, he was drafted 12th overall by St. Louis back in 2001, uh, spent 10 years in the NFL. And, and Damian, uh, as you know, we love talking football on, on Unpacking It, but we also love talking faith and, and family. And, and so just curious, in, in what ways has God really been working in your life recently? What, what have you been maybe learning or, or studying or, or, or just thinking about? I think it's just been patience, you know, because uh, I've been, I'm not at home. I'm here in uh, in uh, Miami. My family's still in Charlotte. The kids are in school and stuff like that. And, you know, sitting here, 
chasing this and wanting to do this for a living and just learning to be patient. You know, I can't get home every week because I got responsibilities here and, you know, and just trying to be, you know, just, just find my calm and find my peace in that and being patient with that's kind of really hard not being around the kids every day, you know, so, uh, and being around my lovely wife, she's a lovely lady, being around her every day, you know, and I miss mama's cooking, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, uh, just, you know, pay, patience in that and just really getting back into, uh, you know, fine spinning myself and honing in on my craft, you know, not being home is really giving me an opportunity to really sit here and focus and learn what it is to be a coach because it is different from playing. You know, I know how to relate to guys. I've always been able to be a player coach, so to speak, but being an actual coach is a lot different than being a player and, you know, and just kind of taking on those responsibilities and staying the task every day and making sure the guys stay the task, you know, and being on point with what we're talking about and how we're presenting it and how we're teaching these guys and getting the results that we want to get out from them and being able to, uh, you know, constantly go in and study and things like that and, you know, just staying fresh. And I think, you know, just patience in that and just uh, faith and that the Lord is going to lead us through and make sure, you know, we get it done. I think those two things, patience and faith, has been the things that I've been tested the most at, but also the things that I've been honed in and focused on more than anything. Yeah, no, I, I bet I know a lot of people listening can, can relate to that, going through certain seasons of life where, yeah, you're either traveling a lot for work or having to, to be located somewhere else uh, temporarily and your family's right. somewhere else. So that's a, that's a challenging season for sure. And, and, and Damien, as we, uh, as we wrap things up, I, uh, I've recently been asking my, my guests this kind of final question because my, my wife and I, we're, we're due with our first child uh, this August. And, and so I, I just want to hear maybe a, a word of advice or a, a word of wisdom for a first-time dad. What, what do you got for me today? Yes, ma'am and no, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever she say is yes, ma'am. If you don't agree and you want to, you just don't want to agree. Just, well, no, ma'am. I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. And uh, plenty of feet rubbed. And whenever she needs to get out and get her hair done, or just go out and be a woman for you know, get whatever she needs to get done done for an hour, two, three hours. Make sure that you are there to do the duties of you know taking care of your baby. You know, make sure she get those chances where she can step out of the house and you know take care of the little one and prepare dinner and allow her to go out, you know, for dinner or whatever it may be with her friends. So she keep her contact alive and keep her, you know, old things she had going on alive and well. Because with the first one, man, they do not want to leave the house. They yeah. want to be there and do every single thing. So, you know, she's got to have faith and have patience in you and know that you are willing and able and capable of taking care of that little one while she steps out of the house for a couple of hours and, you know, go out and sit down and, uh, have a conversation over, uh, you know, a nice bite to eat with a friend. So, um, you know, that just keeps her good and helps her and keeps her mind fresh because I'm telling you, buddy, when they come, that about good three, four months there, man, it's going to be like Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> I believe get it. Get ready, brother. I'm just telling you, get ready. So, like I said, make sure you got the lotion out. Make sure you give your wife a foot rub. And uh, make sure you give her some time to get out with her friends and that, you know, you can take care of the baby, and, you know. 
and there's some other things, other tools that she's going to have to have with her when she does that. But y'all will go over all that when the time comes. We won't talk about that on the air. There you go. But, uh, you know, say, hey, I got this. I got this. <laughs> I, I like it. No, that, that's that's excellent practical advice. So I, I appreciate that, Damien. Yeah. And, uh, man, thanks so much for, for coming back on Unpacking It today. Uh, wish you the best with the, the new job. And, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll connect when you're you're back in Charlotte at some point. So So thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Bryce. Thank you guys for having me on. A- absolutely. He's former NFL player Damian Lewis joining us here on Unpacking It. Always great to catch up with him. Up next, we'll wrap up the show with our segment Unpack This about baseball, pleasure, and pain right after this. Inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews. More Unpacking It. With Bryce Johnson after this. This is Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. It's time for our final segment of the day. We call it Unpack This, where I take a current sports story and relate it to the Bible and our own lives. So let's jump right in. This week, a headline on ESPN.com read, The Truth Hurts, Realistic 2019 Goals for All 30 MLB Teams. And writer Sam Miller broke down how each team's idea of success will be different. Miller gives each team two paths to happiness. One is on the pleasure scale, related to an accomplishment achieved. The other is on the pain scale, related to a sadness avoided. The teaser for the article read, We define a successful season for each club based on finding pleasure and avoiding pain. It's a fun topic for an article about baseball and making predictions about the season. But I'm afraid this same standard for success is used for far too many of us in life. How often do we get caught up in the pursuit of pleasure and consider successful people to be the ones with the most accomplishments, fame, power, and money? On the other perceived path to happiness, we do whatever we can to avoid pain. We don't want to suffer or face difficulties, but just want life to be smooth sailing. We choose safe and comfortable lives, doing our best to avoid any kind of pain. However, When we give up going our own way and choose to follow Jesus instead, our standard for a successful life and perspective on pain changes. We now have new goals and new pleasures. The Bible says, once we too were foolish and disobedient. We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. But when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. Today, let's be encouraged to shift our perspective on what true success looks like and realize it's not based on pleasures and avoidance of pain, but rather a life fully rooted in Jesus. So I hope you're willing to unpack that for yourselves and really appreciate you joining me today and hope you'll stay connected with us throughout the week on social media and on unpackingit.com. If you have any thoughts about today's show, you can email me, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Until next time, I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sins. He was resurrected and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a wonderful week. This has been Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA and Sirius XM, Channel 211, Dan Patrick Radio.